Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. If you are new to our channel, smash a subscription to our channel. It is completely free. Get on the journey with us. Smash a like on the episode as well. Let's go bigger than normal. Let's go 1.1k likes on this episode and comment your thoughts and interact with each other as well. Comment on each of us posts and just create that family community that we've created in the comment section down below. So, what a remarkable week we have been on. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And I'm delighted that we've got a stacked out full lineup today. So, how are we all? Very well. Right, so as we always do on the tactical debrief, we're going to take a look at the tactical pad. We're going to take a look at the average positions, passing networks, stats. We've got images from the game as well. Let's go to... I'm going to show you something first, actually. I'm going to show you something first. I think we've got to start off before we get into it. We're going to start off with the Premier League table. So. Let's go to the Premier League table currently on where Aston Villa currently sit. So we are sitting third in the league, 35 points. Nobody can tell me otherwise that Aston Villa are not in a title race. Some of you out there might be very apprehensive hearing those words, but I'm about to show you another graphic. This is the 2023 table of 38 games in 2023 and Aston Villa are currently in second place for 2023 and for me that is absolutely remarkable. Justin, how do you feel about that? (laughs) Yeah, it's stunning statistics, isn't it? Absolutely stunning, stunning season. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm fully on board with the, you can't tell me that we're not in a title race. And, and I agree that that's scary thing to say because you just think, oh, we're going to come a cropper if, you know, if we don't. But we can only speak as we are currently refined. Now, I, I, I made a bold prediction pre-season and said, I think we'll finish third this season. And I based that on the form we showed last six months of last season. And, and now we've had six months of this season, more or less half a season, three games away from half a season um, and we've basically replicated that form from last season so mm-hmm. we've done it now for two, two for two half a seasons haven't we almost if we do it for one more half a season then we're going <laughs> to be there or thereabouts and there's nothing that I've seen so far under Unai Emery that can convince me that we're just suddenly going to fall off a cliff yes we, we, we might not win the league but we're going to be there or thereabouts. We're going to be very, very close if this anything like the form we're currently in continues. We've put some of the best teams in the league away now in in a week, in three days, you know, one after another. We are 100% currently in the title picture. And until that <laughs> changes, I will not have it any other way. Can you all keep saying that we're in a title race? Just Because every time <laughs> someone says it... My smile just gets bigger and bigger. Anna, <laughs> right. we haven't heard from you since Manchester City. Talk to me. How has your week been following Aston Villa? My week has felt like I'm I'm living in a dream. Like 
you know that really the, there is a really funny meme that goes around around another team in Birmingham about being in dreamland but I actually do feel like I'm in dreamland um it's just ridiculous isn't it like I sit here and I'm just thinking to myself at what point is this going to stop happening like at what point are we going to stop being good and it feels like it's getting to the point now where it's like this is actually just what Aston Villa are going to be like for the foreseeable future and we've had spells before where we've played well or, or we've had a really good result and it's been like this is it Villa are back you know this is amazing but there's always been an, a sense that it's going to end and this is it feels like this is the first time that we're playing to such a high level and it feels sustainable even in a season with so many injuries with additional fixtures we're playing in Europe it still feels like this is the first time that we're actually going to make this stick so I am genuinely beside myself I can't quite believe it and I was just watching back something that I'd said um on an interview earlier this year about you know Villa fans getting carried away and I feel like if you're not a traditional big six or sky six team whatever you want to call it you'll get told that you're getting carried away after a good run of form but I think if if now is not the time to believe that Aston Villa are going to do something and achieve something and even if it's Champions League whatever it is when can we if not if it's not now then when is is my mentality so I am really enjoying getting carried away and whatever you want to call it, having the best time following my team. Because this is the first time in my sort of villa lifetime that I've been able to really enjoy watching us, like going to the game at home every week or every other week and just thinking we're going to win today. We're going to smash them. Like it's it's starting to become less of a foreign feeling and it, it it's just brilliant. I, I think we could all sit here for like hours gushing, couldn't we? But it's not just the fact that we're getting lucky, we're playing some brilliant football, which is even better because we're being entertained, aren't we? Not just it's not just the excitement of, of seeing us pick up points, it's the excitement that we're watching brilliant football with a brilliant manager and brilliant players. So I'm absolutely buzzing. I am. I can't, <laughs> I can't say it any other way. <laughs> Ryan, how are you, my friend? Are you as ecstatic as everybody else? I am, mate. I am. Big fat <laughs> smile on my face. All season, really. All season. It's been superb from uh, the second game in, I'd say. But um, yeah, it, it, it's been incredible. And, and watching what we've done, uh, I'm not one to to look too far ahead when the fixtures are in art to focus on the next game and the next game. But these two games I had my eye on for a long time. Mm. And I was I was looking forward to them. And, and, and these were the big tests for me. The big test to see where we are as a football club which direction we're going in, what our objectives are going to be. And it's sealed it for me. It's in black and white, isn't it? You've just set it up on the screen. We are in that mix. We're in the, the title ranks mix. And for me, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm enjoying it now. And I don't want this feeling to end. I'm not worried about the next game. I'm enjoying this feeling now. And mm -hmm. you know, for everybody out there, get carried away. Enjoy it. For, for so long, I've been a Villa fan for so, so long. And these good moments, they're rare, man. They are rare. So you've just got to slow it down. Enjoy it. Don't get too um, don't get too worried about, oh, if we have a drop-off at form or if we get injuries. You know, stop stressing about all that stuff, man. Just enjoy this now because this football that we're witnessing, this team of players, 
this manager, the owners, everybody else involved in the infrastructure, the fan base. It's lively. This club is alive. And um, oh, it's it's immense. It's immense. And me and you had a couple of beers in the build-up, didn't we, Luke? And the the energy before the game within the within the crowd and within the pubs and walking up to, to the ground was wild. It was wild. Mm. Everyone was just proper, proper up for it. And, you know, we harnessed that energy. And, and we played our part this week. We played our part massively. We we was the 12th man, you know, that the, that saying, that cliche. But we was. We, we, we had a massive role in this game. And we just brought that energy to the start of the game. And um, we took it from there, didn't we? The, the, the players done the rest. So, um, yes. In the words of Up The Villa podcast, I am... <laughs> <laughs> well... One thing that I've picked up on this week, especially, is like the magnitude of the games and, and what it actually means is take yourself back if you was in the ground to when we scored against City and then we scored against Arsenal. That celebration of scoring was next level, but I have never celebrated at full time like we've scored a goal. And for those two nights, the celebrations when we won those games were just the best feeling ever because I've never felt it before. I've never celebrated a win like we've scored a goal. And, and it was just absolutely remarkable. And, yeah, it's it's just absolutely massive. Just listen to Hannah then you saying those what you just said. In the past, when you follow a team like Villa, who have historically been good and then bad and then good again, to, to get to where we are now, every now and again, you you beat one of the big teams, don't you? You put in a performance when you you know you, when you're mid table and knocking around, you'll suddenly beat a team that's in the top two, and you sort of try and convince yourself that that's it, you've cracked it. Great, we've beat we've beat Man United, we've beat Chelsea, we've beat Arsenal, we've cracked it. But deep down in your soul, you know you haven't really. You know you just had a good mm-hmm. day. You know that they were a bit off it because that's what you say running up to these games. They've got to be a bit off it. We've got to be on it, and we've got to score the first chance. This feels utterly different now. We are competing on a level playing ground with the best teams in the country. That is why we are in the championship race. Yeah, 110%. I honestly got emotional. Up full time on when um, on Wednesday night when we played Man City, I honestly got emotional, which is like slightly embarrassing. But I was sat there thinking like how like we've just beat Man City and we're in third, and it was really overwhelming actually. Like and it's just the, the just... magnitude of the performance that man, that enhances yeah. that feeling more. Yeah, definitely. So let's turn our attention back to Saturday at the game and it was a very different game from Wednesday and going to that game the first thought I had was can we replicate anything anywhere near that that caliber of performance based on what we just done sort of tired legs mentality etc so it was always going to be a difficult game one thing that's not been spoke about enough is the goal right this goal is absolutely outstanding football. It's sensational. It's Emery Ball, Aston Villa in a nutshell. The ball started with Pau Torres. It's moved its way all across the defence. Carlos into contact into Leon Bailey, who has picked up this space here. One thing you'll notice is that one lapse in concentration 
is all it needs for Aston Villa to score. And that's not our that's not our problem that Arsenal have had this lapse in concentration. Look here now at the amount of space that Bubakar Kamara's got. And we've got John McGinn here now. Acres of space here for Aston Villa. Ball goes into Bubakar Kamara. The ball then goes into Bubakar Kamara, which then finds its way into Yuri Tielemans. Now look at the run from Leon Bailey. Bailey's Bailey's on his bike. Bailey knows he's hungry to get down there. So move the ball, move the game on a little bit. And we've got Leon Bailey now. We've got one, two, three, four, five Arsenal players scrambling against the Aston Villa three players. This is sublime football from Leon Bailey. To get to the byline, to cut back. I know Ryan did his little thread on, on X. Um, cut back to McGinn. And the goal is absolutely majestic scintillating football from Aston Villa. Justin, talk to me about this goal. How good was this goal? Incredible. I think I said it on the fan cams. One of the best goals you'll see this season. And that was just one one viewing in the stadium. And watching it after again, on repeat, it just gets better and better and better. It's all over socials, the passing, the movement, the the awareness of all the players. One of the key people in that in that whole um set of sort of passes to, to create the goal for me and a player that is absolutely thriving now after a slow start at Villa, Yuri Tielemans. Mm. His awareness, the way he picks space in these pockets, not playing in the double pivot allows him to have that freedom like it does McGinn, like it does Bailey, but he's such an intelligent footballer that he picked up that bit of space. He knew, like you've just pointed out there, that Bailey was on his bike and he knew he just needed to take a touch, get it out of his feet and then put it into that space and nobody was going to catch Bailey, was they? And we saw this quite a few times on Wednesday night against City, the little flicks, you know, his awareness mm-hmm. of not even looking where the players are and the little back flicks, the little back heels into space. He is really, really coming to the fore now. He's almost becoming one of the most important players on the team sheet now. From a player that's basically struggled and couldn't get in the side to now he's an, an integral part of that midfield four. And, and, and the creation of the goal and the passing and the movement, like I said, is just... It's a joy to behold. You know, we ripped them apart, that, that that goal. And McGinn, superb touch again, gets it out of his feet and he just has to side foot it in. You know, a joy to watch. A joy to watch. Yeah. It, it was remark. It was a it was a brilliant first twenty minutes from Villa. I thought we carried on from the Man City game. I thought we were when I was watching it, I was thinking, oh, hold on a minute, like we're doing the same thing. But when we scored. I felt like, especially in the first half, that we slightly lost our way a little bit. Um, and Arsenal, you know, started to come on to us a little bit. And I'm just going to show you this graphic now of, of how well I felt Arsenal pressed Aston Villa. And it for me, it was their man-to-man marking all over the pitch, which, which was a bit of a problem for us, that we didn't really get any sort of respite in the game. But there was one area for me where it was crucial that we got more joy and it was this area here, so that we were left 2v2 against Saliba and Gabriel, and we were we were going long quite a lot, so what we were trying to do is get the ball into to Watkins, who was then going to hold the ball up, and then we were going to get runners from here, 
So we're going to get runners with Tielemans or we're going to get McGinn breaking through those areas and Bailey through there as well. And I felt like that was part of our tactics in this game to, to just go slightly a, a little bit longer. Um, I've heard various things about that it was quite windy for Arsenal um, and they really struggled to cope with the wind. Um, I'm not sure whether they're aware that there's two teams on the pitch. So if it's windy for one team, it's quite windy for the other team as well. So not sure where that came from at all. But my final point that I would like to make about Villa at the minute as well is that we've got different variations of playing and we're quite comfortable defending. And I think when you look at teams and you think, okay, they they had all the ball or they had created numerous amounts of chances, there's still an art in defending. That's still a part of the game that sometimes should be applauded and looked at. Just because you have to defend doesn't mean, you know, you're a poor team. I would say, from when I've watched Villa from years gone by, is that we're very comfortable just defending. It's it's not like we're on the ropes. It's not really difficult. You know, I was watching Villa and that clock was ticking down to about 75, 80. And I was just calm. I just thought, we've got this. We've got this. We're going to win this game. And I think that also is a compliment that we, we managed to find a way. And you hear that that phrase all the time, don't you? That, you know, it's you, you've got to find a way to win. All of the good teams find different ways to win. This weekend, I've watched Liverpool. I thought they were quite poor. They've won. I watched Man City against Luton. I thought they were quite poor and they won. But we found a way to win. And Ryan, talk to me a little bit tactically. Did you notice anything different or did you kind of see what I saw? No, um, I think the first tactic that I noticed was before the game kicked off and that was um, swapping ends. You know, you we normally like to kick towards the Holt second half and, and suck that ball in. Um, and then he got the booze, then it when we swapped ends, but then Arsenal kicked off and you think, okay, we've swapped it around. And we, and we did this last season quite a few times. And for me, the, that's Emery thinking ahead. You know, you've got all this energy, all the build-up, and you want to be kicking towards the Holt, don't you? And try and get that opening goal, which we did. Um, but yeah, the next tactical tweak was the direct balls. You know, we've only seen it once this season that was against Brighton when Martinez went long other than that he'd play out from the back um so yeah that was uh Italian tactic and um it's credit to Emery really because he's got that adaptability and he's not like stubborn in his ways where mm. okay he wants to play like yesterday wasn't really an Emery type performance and uh, you know, we prefer to be in control and, and and dictating the play. And at times we weren't, we was going direct, but that was from instruction from him. So he was happy to to do to do that and be adaptable and not be stubborn with, oh, this is the way I want to play. I'm sticking with my guns. No, it, Emery is about getting wins. He loves wins. You know, I mean, we hardly ever draw. He's never had a nil-nil draw in the Premier League. He's all about the W, and he's all about the win. And it and like if we have to mix it up a bit and change change tactics and go against his main philosophy, then he will do it, and it still gets results, doesn't it? And everyone's up like like you said, the goal was still Emery ball, wasn't it? It was still mm -hmm. a, a, a brilliant goal. Um, but the, the rest of the play, yeah, it, it was different, but it worked, didn't it? And like you say, with that man-to-man -man marking, you know, it's Emery's probably already spotted that pretty much. And then, you know, maybe he didn't fancy, like, 
the usual knocking out from the back and building up that way because they'd be honest and press us. So what how do you beat a press? You go over the top, don't you? So he's just got in it. He's he's the man, <laughs> isn't he? He is the man. And, and like you say, we're in this oh, we are in this title race. And I just can't see Emery like losing three games in a row or four games in a no. row or us not winning four games. So for me, we are we are right in this mix and we are right in the Champions League mix. So uh, yeah, love it, love the man. Ryan spoke about the man. And uh, talk to me about another man. Talk to me about the world's <laughs> best goalkeeper. How would you talk to me about his performance? I love what I love. Hannah, now. Hannah, Hannah, before you start, before you start, could you give us your, your rating and your opinion of, of Luke's um, fan camp fun, uh, thumbnail? Did, did he, did he uh, master the Emery celebration? Yeah, it was quite good. Um, I must say, just just on that, I did have an Arsenal fan sat behind me yeah, on, on Saturday who was moaning about Emmy Martinez doing that after the World Cup, and I just found it so funny. Um, it was just he just sounded a bit bitter, and then Emmy Martinez comes out and again pulls off another worldy performance. I love now that before games, when obviously Emmy's running up to his goal, he's getting the loudest, you know, chant. Emmy Martinez, the world's number one. It's it's amazing, isn't it? And I think more than anyone in our starting eleven. Amy Martinez just exudes confidence. We have a lot of players now that I think are really classy and look like they're confident. But Amy Martinez is like the epitome of a confident footballer. And that it feels like that sort of is our driving force from the back. He commands it. And when he comes out and, you know, from early, he's making great saves. We saw it on Wednesday against Erling Haaland. We saw it uh, on Saturday, a few good chances. One, I think there was a good one against Odegaard and a couple of others. That confidence that Emi Martinez instills in this team, particularly in his back line, is so, so massive. And I think especially because we've gone through quite a prolonged period of not keeping a clean sheet, to have two in, in one week against the two, arguably two of the top, toughest opposition in the league is is massive and I think he's pulled out some some incredible saves mm. um but again I thought his distribution was really good despite the conditions again everyone talks about how windy it was that must be challenging <laughs> when you then tasked with going long like let's not lie the conditions did play an impact for Villa as well but it was just mm. it was for everyone and we dealt with it I thought, considering it was so windy, um, his distribution uh, actually landed quite well. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> even at the end, obviously, when things get a little bit shaky, when Arsenal think they've got a goal, and Emmy Martinez is is there and he's he's giving it large still, isn't he? He's, I feel like he's still confident and he thought that goal isn't going to stand. Um, and he's mm. sticking up for his teammates. And mm-hmm. I, I think he... Is sort of another captain without the armband, isn't he? And um, he's he's just massive for this team. We're so lucky to have him. I think everyone can agree that you know he's one of the absolute linchpins of Aston Villa's success at the minute. But I think the main point that I just keep pulling on is the confidence. I think Emmy Martinez walks out onto the pitch, and you see he'll make a save, and he's just like he's so pumped by it. Like to him, that's like a drug, isn't it? Like um, mm. it so. 
he again is is an amazing player to watch and I think he instills the confidence in the rest of the team. Awesome. Yeah, just, he's a winner. And I believe him, mate. On. He believes. <laughs> one of the most important factors he brings to the dressing room is the obvious one, is that he's won the World Cup, <clears throat> which is the biggest mm. thing you can win in football. Now, the Premier League is a phenomenal thing to win, but it's not the World Cup. And you look at everybody looks at him and there's just that belief that he exudes what's it like winning the World Cup? How do you do that, I mean, What's the mentality like to get to that point? And these are important factors if we are going to go anywhere near winning anything, not just the league, but the Europa League, uh, the FA Cup. He he believes now, because of what he's done, that he can win anything. And if he can even remotely transfer any of that belief onto other players surrounding him, it's just going to raise them even more, isn't it? And when you add in the manager, what he's winning the game, then look, you look around that dressing room, the younger players are going to be looking around going, He's won the World Cup. He's won that. He's won that. And that's what lifts the levels even higher, isn't it? So an incredibly, incredibly important cog in our wheel. Look look at the yeah. journey some of the players have been on with him, though, Justin. Like, the likes yeah. of, like, I don't know, Cash, Mings, Watkins, Dougie Louise. They was all there when he come in, like from Arsenal Reserves, pretty much, wasn't it? All bar a, a 10-game spell at the end of the season. So they've seen him elevate to that level. And to win that trophy, and they've watched his mentality, and, and they've grown with them as well. Like some of these players, like McGinn and, and Louise, and, and they're playing like unbelievable top level football now. And it, it, all of them, the journey that they've all been on, and the way they've grown. Yeah, sorry. The camaraderie within that group is so you can see. You know that the, the the tunnel comes after the game. The last two games, you've seen Emi Buendia in the middle of it all. You know, he's not even playing. He's been injured for ages. Yeah, he's in the middle of it, front and centre, involved in it. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, they're rising each other, aren't they? They're rising exactly, each other. Well. Yeah, they're just mm-hmm. they're just playing off each other's. I don't know. Just it's just phenomenal to see. I'm running out of superlatives, to be honest. The other thing is, I spoke about on the player ratings, like Den Donker. Yeah. I thought he came you, on, and you. that's what we need from squad players. So absolutely fantastic, right? Ryan, one word answer, right? Pen or no pen? Um, no. Right, move on. <laughs> and then, uh, I think and the then, wind, the wind sort of blew his leg into him anyway, so it weren't really a tackle, was it? Just like same windy conditions. It's just really windy, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, you know how I've been speaking about like when the ball hits the post and it goes in the back of the net for Villa, or it comes out and it hits a Villa player and it goes in the back of the net. Finally, we've had one. That's just caused chaos and not gone in. So that was peak, peak moment for me there. And then at the end of the game, we've got a little bit of drama. Havertz, handball. There you can see. Handball. See you later. Three points up the villa. Right. So <laughs> let's get into some other stuff then. This is special. The only manager in the 149-year history of Aston Villa Football Club to win 15 consecutive home league games. Oh, what can you say about that? I mean, it's just incredible. You know, we're just spoiled. We're spoiled. I just well, can't they, believe it. These are all the statistics. These are all the things that if you're just a bit worried about saying the words, we're in the title race, 
just keep looking at all these little things that are happening. That that is a phenomenal statistic, and that points towards if we did that again, then we we're going for the the perfect home season. Fifty seven points, thinking it's nineteen home wins in a row, and we've won fifteen. You need nineteen to win every single home game in the league season. <laughs> we've just done fifteen. Yeah, it's and mad. we've just beat Absolutely. Arsenal. It's two of the hardest ones. So. Mental, right? So we're going to get into some of the stats now. Tale of the game, and quite surprising some of these stats. Really, we had thirty nine percent possession, sixty one percent for Arsenal. We had ten shots, they had twelve. We had three on target, they had five. They had four off target, and we had two off target. We both had three corners. Quite a tight game, no? Uh, we had two hundred and forty one. 204, no, 294 passes, 72% passing accuracy. They had 458 and 84% passing accuracy. Uh, as you can see here, this was the Arsenal average positions. So you can see that 35 Zinchenko going into central midfield, which is what we spoke about on the match preview. And it's how we spoke about in the opposition preview as well. You had Declan Rice, number 41. You'd got Martinelli, 11. Jesus, 9. Saka, 7. And then you've got the midfield, 2 of Havertz and number 8, Odegaard in the middle. So pretty much what we expected, really. And then you've got the Arsenal passing network. Um, Zinchenko and Declan Rice was their biggest network. Zinchenko to Martinelli as well. Uh, if we go and have a look at Aston Villa's, uh, average positions, you can see that it was more of a screening job from Kamara as opposed to when we spoke about after Manchester City when there was a lot of Villa players in the City half. There's there's a good shape there. There's a good outlet there. And you can see that when we were trying to go long to Watkins and Bailey, you've got the two, you know, 31 Bailey, 11 Watkins. And I think what's interesting in this one is how central Tielemans was. You know, normally you're expecting to see Tielemans probably just below the 11 where Watkins is, but Tielemans is quite central there. So you're kind of making up a bit of a midfield three with Kamara then screening. So that showed how compact and how much of a unit we had in, in central midfield to try and just get some stability and be as solid as possible. And then we've got the passing network, which isn't our best network, but... You know, it, it, it's done the job. It's got the win. But I think it just shows that the different versat versatile that we've got with our team, you know, like the guys have alluded to by saying that, like Ryan saying that we don't play the same every week. We can adapt. We can do things differently. And I think that really sort of plays into Emery's mindset of all about getting the win. We've got the shots with XG by the minute. Arsenal are in the red, Aston Villa are in the blue. Uh, this is the shot map. So you can see that they had a few more shots inside the 18-yard box. Villa had mixed, really, inside and outside. Um, and those are all of our stats for this episode. I've got, so I've got go a question for, just quickly for you three and looking at them stats. I, I felt like we were comfortable with letting them have possession, Arsenal. Mm. That's the first time. I think I felt that because I know we like to dominate possession and we like to dominate the ball and dictate the tempo. But I felt like we were happy to let them have the ball up until maybe the final third. And that felt like a bit of a change. And was I know you, was you happy watching it, Justin? Ways. Was you comfortable? I wasn't, I wasn't massively because I know how much we like to 
to control the game. So it felt a bit weird to see us relinquish a bit of control in the game. But as the game wore on, that's where I almost felt that that Emery had said, look, I, I don't mind them having the ball today because I think it might have been a bit of a leg saver and, you know, engaging when they get into the final third. I, I'm not sure that was the case, but that was just a sort of something I, I did sort of think as the game went on. But I'm a bit like Luke, the last 10, 15, I felt pretty comfortable we were going to see it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't hugely comfortable City, with it. City, didn't we? Sorry, I Handel, think it yeah. was... No, no, I was just saying... I, I, it, it wasn't the most comfortable watch, I don't think, um, yeah. compared to what we have been seeing. I think particularly the first half, we did not look after the ball well enough when we had it. Mm-hmm. We were dispossessed, dispossessed very often, and, and that's not something that we that was obviously a tactical decision. Um, so I, I think we did struggle in that first half. I think a lot of that was, as we've touched on there, Arsenal were pressing quite intensely, and that's not something we kind of had to deal with um, too much in the week. I think Man City actually were quite quite um, passive. But Arsenal, were they really came at us and I think we struggled to deal with that. I think a lot of that was due to tiredness. It, mm, there were some legs There were some legs out there, weren't there? Mm. Leon Bailey, you know, he had such a mega game on Wednesday. It really looked a bit leggy. Same with Tiedemans. Um, and at points, to be honest, every player looked a bit, just a bit tired, which is to be expected. They're not used to this kind of intense level of play, and I think we struggled with that. I feel like in the second half it got a bit better, but I was I was never 100% comfortable just because I don't think you can ever feel 100% comfortable if you're looking at 30 to 40% possession because the other team is clearly looking after the ball a lot better than we are. But what I do feel like is that they didn't actually create that many really good chances in the second half. So I feel like in the first half where they were they would seem to be peppering the goal a bit more. In the second half we seem to limit it a little bit better. So in that sense I feel like we did control the game and better in that second half, probably once we got the fresh legs on and, and it started to improve. But it's not some it's I don't think it's a way that we're gonna want to play every every no. week. Um but it, it worked like you say. I think on the, in this game we were probably aware that Arsenal were going to have more of the ball than we were. I think it was just like the magnitude of the week, wasn't it? I've, I've seen quite yeah. a few quotes from the players and the manager saying, and we sort of had them all in near the day before and he was sort of like, he was going to see who was fresh and they all said, I want to play. And he, he sort of said he was going to make a couple of changes and then Bailey went off and he went off because he, he he was tired. Tienemans went off because he was tired. And I just think that that magnitude of that week of those two teams I think Saturday was always going to be that type of... I don't think we was ever going to get back to that level because it's just... You just can't. It's like like if Arsenal played Man City on Wednesday and Liverpool on Saturday, would they play the same as the first game? I don't don't think any team would. And and I think that's, you know, something that we've just got to remember and just, just... Yeah, I think like when we win the league on... (laughs) When we win the league... Who's going to look back on that game and think, oh, God, we were knackered that game, weren't we? It's not just physical tiredness, it's mental tiredness as well. Yeah, you know, we've yeah. got 180 minutes against arguably the two best teams in the world, uh, in the world, in the, in the league, um, in the right conditions. But um, you've, you've got to be, you've got to be on it, ain't you? You've got to be 
focus the whole game and, and that must be exhausting as well because if you let your man slip you know it, 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 you get punished don't you so you, you've just got to be on it so to, to do what we did for 180 minutes over them two teams is <laughs> sublime absolutely sublime do you know what though like i can i, I can i can resonate with that because you know talking about villa for like this whole week two games two fan cams to this, to that, you know, I, I've really felt it, and you know, uh, I'm knackered, and also if the players are feeling it, the players are feeling it. So am I. <laughs> but, I'll, leave, um, no, I'll just leave you with one more thing before you go, before you wrap up, Luke. Uh, our friend of, of the pod, Mark, who I sit near to, he, he, he dropped a bit, a bit of a song in the group chat the other day, and I just want to finish it off with this. He said, "You'll never sing that." You'll never sing that. We're winning the league with a temporary badge. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> imagine, yeah, imagine, imagine if we, if we do, do with that badge. Yeah, yeah, and then we get rid of it, and then we've won the league with it for one season. <laughs> Be one for the trivia box, wouldn't it? it then, won't <laughs> right, cool. We'll end it there. Then it's thirty-seven minutes. Um, so we'll turn our attention now to the Europa Conference League. We'll have our match preview and predicted lineup out for that. Um, and then we'll just then turn our attention to Brentford. But, you know, I'll, I'll echo what Ryan said at the start of the episode. Villa fans, we have to enjoy this journey, this ride, where we are. We have to embrace it. Don't be scared to embrace it. Don't think, you know, you don't want to just do it because of, you don't want to be disappointed at the end of it. We've got to live in the here and now. Like the aspirations of the team may change in 10 games' time and they may turn into something else. But while we're in it, we've got to believe. Martinez believes. Emery even said some quotes as well that he he didn't shrug it off. He sort of said, we're in it. So um, embrace it and up the villa. Up the, up villa. the villa. <laughs>